Well, good morning, everyone. I am Chris Corbin, and I am the pastor at Ritson Road Alliance Church. I am so glad that you have joined with us this morning. This morning, we're going to be continuing our series entitled, Who Are You? And in this series, we've been exploring the truths about who we are as the followers of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to be focusing on the truth that in Jesus Christ, we are no longer slaves, but free. If you're just joining with us this week, or if you've missed a sermon, you can always catch up on all of the previous sermons on our website or on Facebook. And the reason I mention that is that if you didn't watch the sermon from last week, you're going to want to check it out. Curtis Peters, our district superintendent, shared about the truth that God calls us friends. As Amanda and I were reflecting on Curtis's sermon this past week, we talked about how with all of the social isolation that is currently going on. And as we are talking with people, what we hear them expressing is just how much they miss visiting their friends and connecting with their loved ones. And we were struck by this thought. Is this, in fact, how God feels towards us? How much does God miss us? Those who he calls both servants and friends when we don't spend time with him. Do we long to spend as much time with God as we do everyone else on our friends list? You know, for us, it was a wonderful reminder. And of course, it was a challenge. And so I want to encourage you and I want to remind you as well that God longs for you, for you to spend time with him in his presence and with the truth that if you follow him, he calls you his friend. Now, for the last few months, you know, people's thoughts have been all over the place. There, there's questions, there's fears, there's doubts, there's... And I, I don't know what you've been thinking about lately, but I've been spending quite a bit of time pondering the question of what is life going to look like once this whole pandemic and social isolation period begins to shift? You know, we're already beginning to see plans being put into place that will reduce the restrictions that have been placed upon us and and if I'm being honest with you, I, I really don't know what it's going to look like, specifically for the church, when we get to go back. I don't know that it's going to look the same as before. But what I do know is that we can trust God to lead us and to guide us. And so as I've been contemplating this, and as I've been contemplating the truths of our identity in Christ, I, I believe that we can glean a lot from the story of Moses and the exodus of the people out of Egypt. And so I want to take just a few moments to just refresh your memory uh, about the account of Moses and the people leaving out of slavery from Egypt. And so you will remember this, and maybe you've heard this story growing up as a kid, maybe you've studied it, uh, maybe you've never heard it at all. But the people of Israel were God's chosen people. They were the descendants of Abraham. They were the promised people who would be a blessing to all nations. In fact, they were the descendants of Joseph, who was once in charge of all of Egypt under the rule of Pharaoh. And so, although they at one point were free people living in the land, now they were slaves. They were in bondage, and they were subjugated to a life of service to the Egyptians. And so for more than 400 years, the people of Israel lived in Egypt. And as the people grew in numbers, so did the bondage and slavery that they experienced. And the people of Israel, these Hebrew peoples, were crying out to God. 
They were longing for freedom from oppression and bondage and slavery. And we know from the scriptures that God hears their cries. And in the middle of the desert, he calls upon Moses. And Moses was a man who had to learn his identity the hard way. He was called upon by God to lead the people of God out of slavery and into freedom. And yet, if you remember Moses, he was this... He was this lost man. He was born to Hebrew parents, but he was raised by one of Pharaoh's daughters. And so he was raised in the courts of Pharaoh. And, and yet, as he grew in stature, as he became a young man, he was out one day and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. This was one of his people, even though he wasn't really connected to them. And so he gets enraged by this Egyptian and he ends up killing him. And as the consequences of his actions unfold, Moses is actually rejected by the Hebrew people. These were his people that are rejecting him. And he thought he was doing them a favor. And because he killed an Egyptian, he's actually forced to flee for his life from the Egyptians. And so he ends up in the desert. And years later, God calls upon him to return before Pharaoh and demand that Pharaoh let the Hebrew people go. You know, initially Moses doesn't want to go, but... Eventually, he agrees to God's command and God's ask of him. And we find Moses standing before Pharaoh, demanding that Pharaoh would let the people of God go. And so after a lengthy period of negotiation and demonstrations of God's power, you might remember those ten plagues. And, and if you think the coronavirus is bad, considering what, consider what the Egyptians had to experience. But Pharaoh finally agrees to let the people go. And I want to invite you to turn with me in Exodus chapter 13, because we're going to read from there. And in Exodus 13, starting in verse 17, we read this. It says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. Though that was shorter, for God said, If they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud of, by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. You know, I don't know how many times I've read this passage, but I was really struck by what I've been reading here and, and the things that are happening. And the first thing that I noticed in this was that it tells us that the Israelites, the Hebrew people, went up out of Egypt ready for battle. You know, they weren't expecting that after years of bondage and slavery that they could just simply walk away. The people didn't expect their freedom to come without a fight. But the other thing I notice about this is that even though the people of e left Egypt ready for battle, the Lord led them on a longer journey. God knew that if they had taken the short route, they would have faced opposition and war. And in doing so, they would have simply turned back to Egypt and the bondage and slavery that they had just left. And the last thing I noticed quickly as I'm reading through this is that the Lord went ahead of them in a cloud, in, in the cloud and in the fire. And it says that he never left his place in front of the people, leading them and directing them where to go. 
you know, as I was thinking about that, it's, we often lose sight of God, but it's not because he has moved or disappeared, but it's often because we've actually taken our focus off of him. We're the ones who have turned away. The account continues, and I want to just flip down to, to Exodus 14, verse 5. And it says, When the king of Egypt was, was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, we, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready, and he took his army with him, and he took 600 of his best chariots along with all other chariots in Egypt, with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites, who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near... Uh, camped by the sea. And I love what it says in verse 8. It says that all of the people were marching out. They were marching out of their bondage and their slavery with boldness. They had absolutely no clue that Pharaoh was pursuing them. They were just so excited to be free. And then all of a sudden they realized that they were being pursued. They realized that Pharaoh was chasing after them. And we continue to read in verse 10, it says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. And there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. You see, opposition to their freedom was chasing after them. And they began to fear. They began to give in to those fears. They were already ready to throw in the towel and to go back to living in their bondage and slavery. Can you relate? I certainly can at times. There's often a reason why we say ignorance is bliss. But Moses doesn't give in to the fears of the people. And he tells them, he says, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, will, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And then some of my favorite words come from God when he says this. He says to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can walk on your dry ground. What are you doing wallowing in your fears and your doubts? This is what God is saying. Keep pressing into your freedom. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't let the opposition intimidate you. I have more for you. And so as God split the sea the people of Israel began to cross over on dry ground. And we know that as they were crossing over, the Egyptians began to follow them. But as the Egyptians began to follow them, the Lord causes a chaos upon them. And the Lord sweeps the Egyptians into the water and they're drowned. Finally, in verse 31 of Exodus 14, we read this. 
And it says, And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. And then Moses and the Israelites sang and they worshipped God. And I simply love it. They experienced the mighty hand of God. As I said before, I think we can glean from this passage truths about our current situation, as well as our identity in Christ. And first, I want to briefly touch on what we can learn as it applies to our current situation. And what I'm sharing with you now about our situation are some of my own convictions. And so, as I read through this, what I, I believe God is saying is that Although we have not been in physical bondage, for a long time the church as a whole has been crying out to God. We have been working hard, we have been serving, we have been faithful. And yet there has been this longing for more. For more of the presence of God to come and to invade our churches, our homes, and our own lives. And I believe that God is making a way for that to happen. I believe that God is making a way for his people to have fresh encounters, to encounter fresh experiences of freedom and fullness of life in his spirit. Spiritual renewal is coming. I believe this. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says this. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I was struck by the reality that the people of Israel would have only known bondage and slavery. For over 400 years, they had experienced this. This is how they had lived. They had never known a life that wasn't ruled by this bondage and this slavery to the Egyptians. And in fact, until the Lord was leading them by the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, they may have never known what it meant to dwell in the presence of God. But for those of us who are followers of Christ, we have been given the Spirit of God. And the Spirit longs to set us free from our slavery to sin, from our slavery to fear, from our slavery to anxiety, to hopelessness, and so much more. This is what the Spirit of God wants to bring us. He wants to bring us freedom. And for those who are willing to trust in God and to lean in, even when opposition and fear surround you, I truly believe that you will witness the mighty hand of the Lord. You are going to see God move and God act. The second way that this account of the exodus of the people of Israel out of their bondage and slavery to Egypt speaks to us is to our identity in Christ. As Eugene Peterson describes it, he says, The Exodus story is a pivotal story. It is the foundational story that provides the grounding for our salvation experience. A salvation that is completed in Jesus the Christ. And if we turn to John chapter 8, verse 34 and 36, we read this. Jesus replies to them, he says, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 
This is the promise that be, through Jesus Christ we are set free. We are set free from the bondage to sin. We are sons and daughters. And against all odds, Moses led the Israelites out of bondage and slavery into the promised land. And Jesus leads us out of our bondage of sin and slavery to fear into new life with God. This is our identity. We are no longer slaves, but we are free. What I find intriguing about the whole Exodus story is this, is that Israel was free from the moment they left Egypt. The bondage and slavery they escaped continued to follow them, but it could not overtake them because God was with them. They simply had to trust in God for their freedom. The same is true for us. The moment we step out in faith and acknowledge Jesus as Lord and Savior, we become free. As we repent of our sins and our fears and as he forgives us, that's when we become free. We no longer have that bondage. But that certainly doesn't mean that we won't experience opposition. It doesn't mean that those old ways of living won't continue to follow us. As I noted earlier in the Exodus passage, the people of Israel, they thought they were ready when they, for battle when they left Egypt. They thought they knew what to expect as they entered into this new freedom. But when the opposition came, they were quick to want to turn back to their old ways of living. They were quick to, to condemn Moses and say, why did you bring us out here? It would have been better if we had just stayed. But we know these truths. Isaiah 41, 13 says this. He says, For I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. See, God's promised to walk with us and to journey with us. He's not going to leave us to this bondage and to this slavery. And then in Romans chapter 8, verses 37 to 39, we read this. It says, No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the truth of it, friends. We are no longer slaves. We are free in Christ. I want to leave you with some questions for reflection. The first one is this, is what am I a slave to? What are the things that are holding you back? And that's the second question. What is it that is holding me captive and keeping me from finding freedom? And the third question is this, is do you believe that you are set free? That God has come for your freedom? And finally, are you longing for more freedom? This is the truth of it, my friends, is that there is always more freedom to experience in Christ. God wants us to experience the fullness of life in him the victorious life free no longer slaves i want to invite you to join us next week as we continue our series on who are you 
And we're going to continue to follow the people of Israel as they learn what it means to be no longer slaves, but to experience freedom. And how is it that we live out our freedom in Christ? I invite you to pray with me. So, Father, I thank you that you are with us and that you love us. I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to bring freedom to our lives. And so, Father, may we surrender those things that have kept us in bondage and slavery. And may we put our trust and our faith in you. And may we walk in the fullness of freedom in you. Just as the the Israelites and the, the people, as they walked out of Egypt, they experienced your mighty hand and they worshipped you. May we worship you in our freedom for the God who loves us. And may we experience the fullness of all that you have for us as in the victorious life of those who are free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us again this week. And uh, invite you to stay tuned for a few announcements. And may you be blessed.